0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network once again, coming to you for another TV episode and a very exciting one new today. I'm personally so excited right now because we are bringing you our very first episode of our Nip Tuck Rewatch. This is our first real TV episode that we're doing which we're going right back to the very beginning of a classic tv show and are going to be going through every single episode of this series gradually and unlike our smallville one where we've kind of just pick and choose random episodes here and there we're actually as i said going from the very first episode episode one of nip Tuck, one of in my mind, the greatest TV shows ever made. A show that is just so good. Uh, they, they advertise it as a, ad, 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 advertised, I can't even speak, probably I'm that excited. They build it as a disturbingly perfect drama. And that is something that I think that that is pretty well very close to the mark. But let's start off by first of all saying that my name is Ben and tell me what you don't like about yourself.
1: Yeah, and I'm Nick, and we'll be here all day if we do that. So um, I'm just going um, to inject my penis with some Botox, and let's get started.
0: <laughs> oh, wow! That is that is the perfect way to first of all hear your voice on the Oz Network. Because we should actually mention, Nick, this is your first time on the Oz Network. You're you're part of the team, but it's taken till tuck for you to actually join us on an episode. So um, I'm I'm actually glad to be hearing another accent besides a Canadian one because you know I you know I like your accent.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what it says about me, that this this shows my speciality, because, I mean, we're going to get into it, but this is one of the most fucked up pilots of all time, isn't it? (laughs) Yes.
0: There's a lot to talk about. I mean, you you summed it up perfectly by injecting Botox into your penis. Um, This is, I mean, look, I guess what we'll sort of start off before we get into the episode is it's kind of a bit of a background, I guess, really, on our, our history of this show. I mean, in kind of getting ready to do this episode and going back to rewatch it I think I kind of jumped online to see if I could find any real nip tuck podcasts out there and I think there's a couple sort of floating around that it's sort of I don't know if there's ever actually been a show that has covered it from the very beginning right through to the end something which I hope we can achieve with this but I guess sort of just loosely touching on my background rather than just the fact that I absolutely love this show I think I started watching this from day one they advertise it here in Australia I believe it was shown on channel nine here and It was kind of one of those shows where, as they do here in Australia, that gets a very decent airtime for a while. It's quite popular. Then after about two or three seasons, they get sick of it, and they sort of shove it, you know, to late night or put it as a summer show or something along those lines. So I think from about season three onwards, I kind of resorted to the grand old fashion of downloading it. But, I mean, I was addicted to it from the very beginning. I, I, I can't even remember why I was drawn to it, I guess, you know, as you just mentioned, it's a bit fucked up. <laughs> there's there's gore, there's sex, there's drama, there's everything else in between. And I guess kind of, which I'm sure we will touch on throughout a lot of these episodes, the fact that a certain person by the name of Ryan Murphy is behind this. And the guy is a genius. The guy is an absolute genius when it comes to writing amazing TV shows. And this, to me was, I guess, my real first taste of him, his work. I mean, I, I watched Popular, which was sort of his show beforehand, but didn't realise that was him until kind of I went back and sort of did a bit of research on Ryan Murphy. But um not counting Popular, this was my real first taste of him as well. So... I mean, that's kind of my background. I've I've rewatched this show heaps over the years. Owned them all on DVD. Uh, just gone through them plenty of times. It's a show that I always try and get people to watch. If I'm saying like, hey, you know, have you ever watched Nip Tuck? Because it was kind of, it seemed to be popular for five minutes, but then it just faded away. It was one of these ones that really didn't stay popular throughout the entire run. At least from what I could tell. So um, I really hope by us doing this, we can you know, get people going back to watch it and realise just how great of a show this actually is. Yeah,
1: and I think it's interesting that you talk about is there any podcasts that are lined up with it because I think this was actually a pre-podcast show. Like, it, it actually came out before podcasts were a thing, which is kind of a bit scary when you think about <laughs> it. But, um, I mean, I guess my background with it is that I think I just, I must have had a friend or something that was watching it and they said, yo, you should check it out. And I didn't get round to even looking at it until kind of season two. And we'll get into it, but I think season two of this show is potentially one of the best seasons of any TV show. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, se- season one's really good too. And, uh, you know, obviously I went back and, and rewatched it. And um, I think, for me, what really grabs me is a couple of... Like, I think it was big because, that, you know, as we'll get into, like, the surgery scenes are so full-on and so, I guess, realistic. Like, it's just full of blood, and you see the whole thing, which they kind of didn't do on other shows. And um, I guess the other thing I really like about it, and this might be a bit of a weird way of phrasing it, but th- to me, this is like a real heterosexual love story on TV between these two these two guys. Like, it's such a character-driven show between these two... You know really different guys but two guys who you know clearly love each other as, as mates and you know it, they're just compelling to watch them um you know on their own and and playing off each other and i think that's just that's what fascinates me most about the show is the relationship between these two main characters mm. and you don't get that on a lot of shows i don't know if you know ben but um just looking at you know doing the old imdb if you were to take a guess you know there was 100 episodes of the show how many characters do you think featured in fifty or more?
0: It's it's actually interesting you asked me that question Nick, because I legitimately looked at that just before we started recording. I, I don't have it in front of me oh, now. I've closed go. it since, but there was only I think about four or five, if I if I'm remembering correctly.
1: It's ac- it's actually seven. seven um, right? Although one of them is Nurse Linda, and I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that she kind really of really is. <laughs> well, I mean, she was there as, a, as an actual nurse who was a you know like a um, uh, you know, like a medical consultant on the show yeah. and she just ended up, you know, like they they used her as a character but she was really there as a consultant who kind of comes in and out of scenes. But, you know, you've got these two main guys and then you've got obviously um, Julia and Matt, are, are two of the others, Liz and then Kimber are the only ones who feature in, in 50 or more episodes which it's kind of mind-blowing for a show that got to six seasons that, you know, it only had this tiny group of and I guess that's my point is that it really focuses on no, a really intense look on just a very hand small handful of characters.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a very good way of actually putting that because I think I think what drew me to that page was um I'm a huge fan of Gina and we'll get to Gina no doubt <laughs> across when we're covering all oh, 100 yeah, episodes yeah. and she'd only been I think in about 17 episodes and I thought she'd been in it a lot more than that but um I mean you're absolutely right but I mean even sort of looking outside those main well six seven if you count you know uh, nurse Linda but I mean even mentioning someone like Gina like the people who are in it. Who have such a, a stamp on the show that like, you know, she may have only been in it for seventeen episodes across the six seasons, but she's so memorable. And like, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to interview Joey Slotnick during the week with the episode um, you know, out there, download via the Oz Network, you know, Merrill, we'll get to him in a few episodes, you know, people like that, that are that are so that are so memorable and, you know, uh, Grubman and people like that just it's what makes it so well. And I, I agree with you completely in terms of what you said so character driven and it's such a unique balance of the fact that you've got just these such unique characters, the surgery scenes, you know, there's sex there, there's intrigue, you know, and really outlandish storylines. I mean, I think, you know, again, kind of, you know, I'll talk Ryan Murphy up so much throughout these, but he's just, he's so good at bringing these character driven shows that really have dark undertones to them. Like, some of the things that happen in this show are really fucked up. Uh, One person like Matt, I feel like he's maybe one of the most brutally treated TV characters in the history of TV, with everything that ultimately happens to Matt across six seasons. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's so intriguing just kind of how this show, I guess, to me, didn't get as much attention as perhaps it ultimately deserves.
1: Yeah I think so and I, I think probably the other thing too is it's not afraid to go places where lots of shows wouldn't and you know we're going to get to an episode pretty early on here um, where they go into some, some pretty meaty subjects that are still kind of taboo today mm-hmm. um, and you know and I think that you've got to give the show a lot of credit because it goes places that other shows just would never go. Um, ones that you know that think that they're pushing the boundaries and they're really not compared to the show. It's um, I, I think that that's probably something that helps it in terms of the quality, but also hurts it in terms of its credibility. Um, but I think it's really important to note that Ryan Murphy's always said that that the actual um, surgery scenes are all based on actual real life cases. Mm-hmm. So even though some of the storylines get about outlandish, the actual surgery stuff is based on, on true things that have happened,
0: which is kind of weird when we get to eventually like episodes like pussy lips and, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> men getting, you know, breast implants. It's, it's, it's a, like, we'll talk about these across the, uh, across the way with it, uh, too. We should mention before we talk about this first episode, obviously the first episode is called pilot or McNamara, McNamara, Troy. um, This did premiere back in two thousand and three. To date this, we're recording this in twenty seventeen. So the fact that we can say it's fourteen years old, like that's crazy to think that this is even remotely that old um, but it, it's kind of it's it's really in that period of TV isn't it where the binge watch sort of was really becoming a thing like I know we've sort of Colin and I talked a little bit out through that through like Smallville and kind of some of the shows that were coming around, around about then I mean you look at a show like 24 that was sort of released about a year before this which sort of really brought it in the Sopranos obviously there were shows around this time like Alias and kind of it was really I guess pushing it into what we now know as quote the golden age of tv um and and this also was on a network fx of course in the u.s which i guess really isn't one of the major networks but and it's kind of interesting how this is this is shown because as you said it's it's very graphic in its surgery uh you know it's it's a very highly you know sexual show but like nudity is not a thing that we see ever in nip-tuck. You know, they're very kind of good in how they kind of go around that. There are pretty full-on sex scenes, but then I don't I don't think we ever get the F-word uttered in nip-tuck. Like, it's kind of, it's one of those shows where, like, they push the boundaries of what they can show, but at the same time it's not HBO where we're getting a boob every three seconds and they're dropping fuck every three seconds as well.
1: Yeah, well, I think in a way that kind of makes it a little bit better because I think that they have to do things in a slightly different way. Um you know, that it's not just, you know, get the, the cheap kind of headlines because of what you see on screen, but it's kind of the stuff you don't see on screen as well. And I think that that's, you know, a really important part of it. And that whole binge watch thing is quite interesting because this is probably at a time when TV shows were coming out on DVD, yep. you know, like yep. it was probably not something that you had before then. So, you know, like it's quite easy to just pick up a season. And I did it with other TV shows is that you just pick it up, you know, you've got nothing on on the weekend, you might just sit and, and binge a whole, TV series on a weekend mm-hmm. and you know so it, it's kind of right
0: around the time that that's happening as well. We should mention uh, as we go into this episode of course if you're you're new to Nip Tuck perhaps you're listening to this before you watch any of the episodes and we're hopefully getting you to watch it. I mean the show basically is about uh, McNamara Troy a, a fictional uh, plastic surgery uh, in Miami, in Florida, at least for the first four seasons, and ultimately they do move to LA. But it's uh, based around Doctor Sean McNamara and Christian Troy, who, of course, as Nick said, have this just unique relationship. You know, they're they're two longtime friends who basically have built their their lives around this uh, plastic surgeon surgery business. You know, we've got you know Sean is is the the talent. He's you know the the gifted doctor. He's very well you know talented in what he does, but of course he has many sort of ethical issues around the industry of plastic surgery whereas you know on the other side you kind of got christian who i guess is not quite as good as sean but you know he's he's this lothario guys you know attractive he's, he's very savvy with his business model and kind of you know he, he's really pushing plastic surgery and i guess i mean kind of looking at this i mean it sort of gave plastic surgery a bit of a different image didn't it particularly in the sort of the the noughties so to speak i mean it's kind of always been something that's been out there but it's it's kind of it's it's a lot more rather than just um you know oh, this is just all about boob jobs and things like that. like as we see in the very first episode, which we'll talk about, you know, there's obviously that other side of plastic surgery where you know you've got a, a kid with horrific burns and a, and a mother who can't afford to pay for that, you know and obviously Sean ultimately wants to do things like pro bono work because plastic surgery isn't just all completely cosmetic, it actually does serve a medical purpose
1: yeah i think that that's a really important part of it that it kind of gets more to the the heart of it as opposed to it just being a superficial thing which i guess is the the underlying message of the whole the whole show really Mm,
0: exactly but let's let's get into this first episode i mean we can sit here for a whole hour just talking about just everything to do with it but we're here to talk about the episodes um and we get straight away obviously the Tell me what you don't like about yourself. Pretty much the the catchphrase of the show, and uh, straight away we meet um, our two. Uh, I guess well, one pretty much a, an asshole in terms of things. We we get the uh, what are they? The Perez brothers, essentially, and uh, of course they're they're trying to. He wants a facelift. Um, and poor old Sean doesn't speak Spanish and we eventually get, uh, Christian coming in to help out and just doesn't believe the story about wanting to pick up women. We get the bride $300,000. He slept with the boss's girl. So we learn, of course, that comes back a little bit later on. Uh, But it's really a good setup straight away in terms of just uh, the methodologies, because, you know, Christian's pretty good at reading him straight away, you know, calling his bullshit, particularly even when it comes down to, oh, I'm not Colombian, I'm Argentinian, and straight away it's like, no, you have veneers and everything. Um, But one thing I actually will say, I'm pretty sure you're a Breaking Bad fan, aren't you, Nick? Did did you recognize one of these actors uh, sitting in the room opposite Um, them? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's so weird, because I haven't seen this in such a long time, and you watch it, and you're like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. but this is probably going to be a bit of a theme that we're going to come across a lot of people that we have now, you know, gone on and seen in different things, and this show is kind of littered with that, actually, like, just these little cameos from people that you're like, oh, my God, they're from X-Men, or they're from, you know, whatever it might be. Mm Um, there's just so any of them it's it's actually quite cool because you kind of just see
0: all these little cameos and then they're gone again so yeah it's really cool I, I do of course speak of the actor raymond Cruz, who played uh tuco salamanca of course in uh in uh, Breaking Bad, and of course, our uh, Better Call Saul. For those wondering at home, but it's—I mean—it's a great setup. Like, I, I love that line. I love "Tell me what you don't like about yourself." I mean, that just—that just grows with it. But I mean, it kind of just this whole opening sequence through that section. We get the uh, the, the opening sort of semi-surgery scene when you know Christian's working on the arse implants, sort of as he leaves, and Sean's just like, "Oh, you know, you've done this. You know, you've stuffed this up." And it's like, "You saved my ass again." (laughs) Like, it's just, this whole opening scene just, I think, perfectly sets everything up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's really good. And it kind of just sets up how these two are different from each other, um, which is exactly what you're looking for, really. Um, You know, because I think that, you know, they are such, they're both such different characters from each other. Um, but both really endearing in their own way, which is really cool. Mm. I mean, are you a, are you a, are you a Troy man, um, a Christian Troy man, or are you a Sean McNamara oh, man?
0: You gotta you gotta be a Troy man, don't you? I mean, I think so.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think he's he's, he's the guy all that all the other guys want to be, isn't he? I mean, basically, I mean,
0: nothing against Sean. I think Sean's a great character, and he's kind of one of these ones that on a rewatch, I mean, there's just, he's just so layered, Sean. Like he's just yeah. kind of going back to what you're saying about so interesting. And uh, actually, one of um through, obviously, we used to do Survivor Oz, and one of our people who helped us out in that show, Kate, I remember having a conversation with her, because she's a big Nip Tuck fan, and she put it out there that Christian Troy is one of, if not the most complex character in the history of TV. Now, I I wanted to give her credit for that, because I agreed with her, but I didn't want to take credit for for that, uh, that claim. And he's just... I mean, even Sean, like... I just, you summed that up perfectly, sort of this heterosexual love story almost between these two. Because they work so well off each other. There's great chemistry there. And just the counterbalances of their characters. And in these opening scenes, like even sort of what we've just seen from the surgery, even then to sort of cutting into their personal lives. Like, obviously, we've got Christian, you know, he's driving his Ferrari through Miami, you know, goes to this bar with a swimming pool. And, you know, there he is trying to pick up, you know, this beautiful blonde woman who we will obviously go on to know as Kimba. And just basically not getting anywhere. But, hey, he just happens to drop the subtle reference I've got surgery tomorrow, you know, okay. And then, of course, we sort of get straight back to the room, you know, here he is having hot, passionate, lovemaking sessions with Kimba. Let's cut to Sean in the bedroom with Julia, who, you know, after how many years of marriage, they're basically thinking about firing the gardener. And, you know, I think it just sums it up perfectly at that point where they are in each other's lives, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like a perfect kind of, you know, comparison of the two guys, and, um, you know, I think we undersell Sean a little bit by saying he's not as, as interesting or complex as Christian, because I think although it's, you know, his story is a bit more linear, and there's not as many layers to him as we kind of find out with Christian later on, but I think I think Sean's really interesting as well in this kind of, yeah. you know, having the big life crisis thing and all that as well, and, um, you know, I mean, this whole episode is you know, well, a big part of it is him having this midlife crisis and, you know, the fact that we get a scene in later on where he's kind of sitting there and, and thinking about his life on the, you know, like that, that, you shouldn't be able to earn that in the first episode of a show, but somehow they managed to pull it off here. So, you know, it's really cool because you see both these guys kind of, being who they are and immediately there's one that looks a hell of a lot more fun than the other one
0: yeah and it's i mean it's a good point and kind of i guess in this i mean this first episode i guess is a little bit longer than your average kind of episode i think it ran for a bit over an hour rather than your average 42 minutes but um you know even sort of you were talking about the surgery i mean we only really kind of get uh obviously the whole uh situation with the the Perez uh surgery and kind of what that sets things up with that. But I mean, outside of that it is, it's a whole it's very much character driven. I mean, obviously as I mentioned, we meet Kimba, who will go on to be such a huge part in the show. I mean, let's be honest, she sleeps with basically every male character in this show, um, or is gonna be get married to pretty much all of them. I don't know. She's she's with everyone. But we love Kimba. Um, and then we meet Julia as well, who, I don't know, like, we're talking up Christian, we're talking up Sean, I'll talk up Kimber, Julia is, I don't know, I, I really don't know how I feel about Julia, because she's kind of, she's that one that, is she like I know people talk up Skyler on Breaking Bad as being an annoying pain in the ass. I've never kind of gotten that. I I kind of don't get why people hate Skyler on Breaking Bad. I I'd be more, you know, enlightened to say Julia is that sort of annoying one. Another. What what's your take on Julia?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really hard because I can see exactly what they're going for. They're going for this kind of, you know, um Neglected housewife who feels like she's never lived up to her potential, and the storyline's all there. Um, I, I think probably the thing for me, and th- um, this is probably a bit of a harsh thing to say, but I'm not quite sure Jolie Richardson's the right person for the for the role. And um, I think she's a really good actress, and I've seen her in other stuff, but I'm not quite sure she kind of nails it. And I think a lot of it comes down to having to do that American accent, which doesn't feel like it comes natural to her. Um, so I think it's probably just that she doesn't feel quite the right fit, but I, th- I think it's probably a little bit... I mean, what what's the timeline of the Desperate Housewives show? Because it kind of feels like she's a, a bit of a... I th- you know, she feels like she's from that. 2004, that, so I think of,
0: this came just a year before Desperate Housewives. Right, so it's a similar
1: idea that mm. they're kind of going for. I and I think at times, I think it works really well, but at other times, I think parts of her story are a real drag and i think the stuff that actually works best with her is um is her and christian yeah. i think oh, that's yeah. where she works the best yeah
0: and it's interesting you say that because i actually had no idea she was british until i happened to see an interview with her like a couple of years after this started like i i never knew so i mean i kind of just assumed she was american i, I think i think she kind of pulls it off well but i guess maybe i hadn't really seen her in much um you know before this but there's just yeah i think the whole her and christian's thing works a lot and i've kind of written in my notes because i think it's just a recurring theme of nip Tuck. it's like oh sean and julia have broken up again oh they're getting back together again (laughs) like it's just it's the ongoing theme, you know isn't it
1: (laughs) yeah no absolutely and um i mean that's that's the you know without giving too much away for people that might be watching as we're going along is that you know that that's kind of the the through line of this whole thing is there's this this kind of love triangle that kind of drives the first couple of seasons, really. and um eventually things you know do start to change a little bit, but there's definitely that element and you know that sexual tension that's there between her and Christian, which kind of drives a lot of the the focus in the early the early seasons and early episodes.
0: Just, I mean, before we go back to some of that Julie stuff, but just quickly going back to with Kimber, we get the, the great scene, which is used a lot, sort of, in terms of promos. And if you ever see any retrospectives, they always use a scene of, uh, of Christian there with a lipstick on, on Kimber. Yeah. Uh, I love that whole interaction on the, um, on the balcony when, you know, there's Kimber saying, like, the perfect 10, you know, this is me, I'm only 21. And then the way Christian just is so, just casually, if you fix the flaws, you could be a 10. <laughs> just like, you know, he's obviously working, it, yeah. he's a plastic surgeon, but that, the lips, that's brutal. That is, I mean, here is, you know, yeah. this beautiful woman, you know, she, she, Kelly Carlson is, is gorgeous. And yet he, he's Christian just ripping her a new one. And this is, again goes back to the complexities of Christian. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's a massive asshole in a lot of this season, of this series. But it's just, I don't know it's just I love that whole sequence Christian and Kimba I I'm on team you know whatever you want to call that couple um, but it's it's yeah it's just it's such a great scene
1: Yeah and I mean it's a it's a really good example of you know what we love about Christian is that he's just he's a he's a cocky bastard and you know you you've got to love that about him I mean the, some of the most fun stuff on the show is is around him just just picking up girls and you know, like he doesn't know that this is the start of something a bit, a bit more tangible with Kimber, that that's going to be in a lot of ways, a a relationship that kind of drives him and drives him crazy over the the course of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a really good example of him using the whole "I've got surgery in the morning and I'm a doctor" to get laid, which is you know, if you're a doctor, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, of
0: course. I mean, God. I mean, if you look like you know Julian McMahon, you probably don't even need that excuse. It's just an extra bonus to the guy, like you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he looks like that, and he can use the whole doctor line. I mean, uh, are you are you a, yeah. a Kimba fan? Are you do you like the character?
1: Yeah, I think it's really good, and I think I think sh- um, Kelly. Sorry, I've forgotten his surname. Uh, that, thank you. Yeah, you know she's a really good actress, I and mean, she's one that I'm really surprised we haven't seen her in more stuff. Mm. You know, in the future, like she, and that's a bit of a thing with the show is that it's a bit of a, a bit of a black hole for all of them that none of them kind of came out and became big stars after this, which I find bizarre because there are such good actors. Um, but yeah, I think she's she's really cool. And I think she's a good fit for the for the the character, and I think the show lets her do lots of really cool stuff with that character. So I, I think she one to watch as you go through.
0: It is a unique thing, actually, that you mentioned that, because, I mean, it has a lot of A-list stars throughout it that are, you know, I mean, people like Bradley Cooper, you know, Rosie O'Donnell, you know, uh, so many people in this, in the, across the series run. But it's it's fascinating that, yeah, like, I mean, Dylan Walsh, I think, kind of was, you know, he was in things, obviously, before this. Uh, I think he was in that, um, I can't remember the name of that show he was in after this, with um, oh, Unforgettable. wasn't yeah. it, ironic? That's the name of the show. That was quite forgettable. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that's, but I, he actually recently popped up in... Um, I don't know if you've been watching that new Kiefer Sutherland show, Designated Survivor. He recently popped up in an episode of that. Um, and that's probably the first thing I'd really seen him. But Julian McMahon's kind of one of these strange ones. Because, I, I, you know, he was what, Victor Von Doom in the Fantastic Four movies, the, the original ones, and then he was... Um, I think he was in some random shark movie in Australia and I think he's just about to be in another um, Australian movie with... Gosh, I think Kylie Minogue's in it, which is funny because uh, Julian McMahon was married to his her sister, Danny Minogue. Um, so, Oh, that's right. Because yeah, yeah. he was in, like, home and he was in, like, soap operas in the 90s. But it's, it's strange because, I mean, like, Julian McMahon does so well in acting. I think him and, and Jolly Richardson are the only ones to actually get nominated for major acting awards with this. Um, so well, I know, I know we're kind of going off on tangents a wee bit, but, I mean... I could
1: totally have seen him as as a bond. Oh yeah, he was he in the, the running. Good- he
0: was in the running when Craig yeah. it was it was him and Hugh Jackman were up there in the, the final. there were three Australians in the, the running for when Craig was it was Eric Banner, uh Julian McMahon and Hugh Jackman were all up there in the finals kind of alongside Daniel Craig. And out of all of them, I would probably yeah, you know, Julian McMahon would have been the least known out of those three Australians and absolutely he would he would make a good James Bond.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think he's. I think he's. You know, he's a really good actor, and you know, I know we're kind of getting off the, the script here a little bit, but um, you know, he is just, he's a really good actor, and he just fits this part so well. That kind of playboy role,
0: brilliantly. You know, mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, now, just going through again. I mean, we we often get into tangents, Nick. This is the Oz network. You'll get used to this. Um, I, I like this. The whole breakfast scene. We meet Matt. We meet Annie. Uh, Matt's got, like, this weird long... Matt with his long oh, hair. Yep, the long hair, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I always get weirded out whenever I rewatch Nip Tuck because I don't know if people know, but John Hensley, who played Matt, in real life dated Jolly Richardson, who plays his mother. So, any... They were together for a few years as well. It wasn't just, like, a fling. So, like, any scene with the, them, it's kind of strange because you actually almost do get sexual tension between the two, which you shouldn't. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just I don't know if I'm the only one who kind of gets weirded out by that. Um but it's it's weird there's a few things like in this first episode they've got a maid. I think this is the only time we ever see Sean and Julia having a maid. Do we ever see that again? That that's about it, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a, a one episode thing and then
0: it was over. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, we'll, we'll get to in the next episode, uh, Doctor Grace. You know the, the psychologist. Like she's just there in one season, and hey, let's just get rid of her. Um, yeah, you know, it's like we don't need her anymore. But I, I like this whole kind of like you know the setup. You know, we kind of obviously are learning that. Oh, you know, Sean's a bit of a bad father. He's so busy with his work that you know he's neglecting Matt. And of course, we find that out then when Matt's hanging out with Uncle Christian. You know, on the Botox. Um, which, you know, it's a great yeah. name for a boat. Um, and, I, and I love I, lo- I love the kind of the relationship with Matt and, and Christian. I mean, we don't want to spoil anything, but obviously that plays a big element through, across the series. But, um, you know, it's kind of like Matt's obviously, you know, feels neglected by one, he goes to the other, and it kind of just obviously we're seeing that Christian is a very important aspect in their family because, you know, as he says later on in this episode, I miss my family. You should invite me over for dinner.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think, you know, you kind of, you forget that he's really, you know, him and, him and Sean are kind of brothers, and you, you get that whole thing here where, you know, um, Sean's kind of, oh, yeah, he's aloof, I guess, you know, like he's just, he's just distanced himself from, from everything, really, and, you know, one of the big things about the whole pro bono thing that comes in here is that, you know, he wants to connect with his humanity a little bit more, which he feels he's kind of lost and you kind of get that from everybody it just feels like he's this kind of you know this guy who's just walking through life and not really paying attention to what's happening around him
0: it's, it's interesting actually kind of just quickly um, I mean this is what we do we, we tend to nitpick it's, it's weird like having done Smallville with Colin where are basically we're nitpicking a lot of things because it's Smallville it's not as serious as Niptuck but like we haven't really nitpicked much about Niptuck but I the bit where the lady comes in and is sort of like you know about you know horribly disfigured son you know it's terrible um, but the way Sean's kind of like oh you know we're booked solid for the next three months why are you? seeing somebody coming in for an appointment if you're booked for three months like why would you see somebody right now is it because you want to book them three months ahead? i just i just don't get that yeah i I don't know how that works Mm, maybe if they're listening the real plastic surgeons can write in we find out matt wants a circumcision of course that will play into it um you know again he's playing that off matt and sean sean doesn't want to give him one um all that sort of stuff and then we get the first surgery scene which look again as you said they they're very confronting these surgery scenes I remember showing this to a friend of mine and she just always had to turn away during the surgery I think even actually in one of the making of specials on the DVDs I think even uh, Julian McMahon said he can't watch the uh the surgery scenes because they are very very graphic um and i mean yeah well i making a point aren't they and this first this
1: very first one they want to make a point so they go for the big facelift that's oh yeah really really great yeah and you know they're not holding back they really want to drive that home that this is what the show's going to be
0: it's going to be brutal and you're going to see it all. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the nose breaking with the hammer and, I mean, do, do you get, the only time I ever yeah. really get grossed at is, I think it's face stuff that really gets me, like eye stuff. Like the rest of it kind of, I'm just like, yeah, you know, but I mean, did, did you ever get squeamish? Are you a squeamish person, Nick, when it comes to this sort of stuff?
1: No, I'm right there with you. It's the eye things that, um, that do get to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, there's not much else that I
0: really get too bothered by. Mm, I mean, we obviously get the you know lots of uh, fat and liposuction later in this episode, but um, I love, I always love the scenes, the way they do it with the music. That's something we haven't mentioned yet. The music of Nip Tuck is great. Like the soundtracks oh, are fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. It just suits so well. I mean, we get what painted yeah. black here, don't we? Straight away, uh, and the yeah, well, and Ryan Murphy obviously is a big Rolling Stones fan because there are so many Rolling Stones oh, yeah. songs,
1: especially in these first couple of seasons. That- There's so many of them. Yep, yep. I mean, he he went on
0: to create a show around music, so he's obviously very in touch with... uh with music but uh the the cd player i love that cd player where they kind of put the hand over it and it kind of opens yeah yeah. um you know i always wanted one of them i don't don't know we haven't we haven't even mentioned liz yet liz uh you i mean you kind of mentioned her before obviously is one of the people who've been in it for more than 50 episodes liz is liz used to annoy the shit out of me i'm not gonna lie i used to really not be able to stand her but she just becomes something else when you rewatch i love liz liz is amazing and she's she's really that ethical voice isn't she you know she's the one kind of talking up like oh you know, arse implants, really, do we need them, um, you know, and everything. And, I mean, it doesn't even take us that long in this series to find, obviously, you know, she's uh, you know, she's a lesbian, so that's a real... you know, weren't really that many, um, you know, main characters who were openly gay at this point in TV as well. So, I mean, were you a Liz fan? You, do you like Liz?
1: Well, I think um, she's kind of the moral compass for these two yeah. guys when they're doing crazy shit that they shouldn't be doing. Um, but I think she's also... Um, I, I don't think they probably planned to make her such a big character but you know they obviously saw something in her and they just gradually added to her until she was one of the big major characters later on in the show so i think that's full credit to you know to her for making that her own
0: yeah definitely uh so through this we get the surgery sort of in between then we're getting um you know christian the three hundred thousand dollars sort of bribe sort of extra bit that we got uh Earlier along there, of course, with uh, the the uh, the brothers and everything along those lines, the Perez brothers. That's where sort of Sean finds yeah. out. We get the marble, he's planning the marble steam room, if you don't mind, because we all need one of those. Um, we get a bit of Christian and Julia. We meet Mrs. Grubman for the first time, one of my favourite recurring yes, characters. Yes. We all love Mrs. Grubman, yeah. don't we? Uh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. She obviously becomes a bit more... Yeah, she's the- Prominent as we go along, um, but this is kind of going through there. We we find out, um, we find out pretty much here about Perez and the fact that he slept with the the boss's girl, just happened to be six years old. Because we get this real creepy scene, and kind of goes back to what you were saying about you know what it's it's a very heavy show in terms. Of, I mean, first episode of a TV series to be pretty much dealing with the fact that you know uh pedophilia and kind of uh, you know child molestation straight away it's pretty full on to have that in your pilot episode
1: oh yeah for sure and i think probably the thing to note here is you know put put a bookmark in this and um we'll come back to this because this is obviously going to be something that is important to to christian's character oh yeah um you know so you know this is I don't know if that was what they had in mind that they were building towards this, but you've got to think that that's what was going on here. But yeah, I mean, you've got to you've got to admire the the guts to kind of go for something so heavy, and you know, be able to mix it up with a show where this guy's you know snorting snorting coke off the off the chick's ass, you know. So they really do go for it all in the the one episode, which is what makes it just such a crazy,
0: crazy pilot. And we will, obviously, sort of jumping around a little bit, but, I mean, this whole plot line, which we get to at the end of this episode, uh, all leads us to meeting the one, the only, Mr. Escobar Galado, who probably is the best antagonist in this entire show. I mean, he pops up and down sort of throughout the whole six-series run, and particularly with Sean, just kind of this... You know, it's almost like the devil, Sean's devil on his shoulder, you know, and it's just he's such a great character. Um, And the actor, Robert Lozado, I've seen him in a few other things, actually, and he pretty much plays the same character in everything he's in. But, I mean, he's just, he's so good. And, like, ultimately, I love it when we eventually get kind of the the recurring theme for him, is cars by Gary Newman. And to this day, whenever I hear this song, I automatically think of Escobar Gallardo. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like Yeah
1: yeah, yeah so Me too I think he's just like You know He's got the right look And they also You know they, Just even the costuming For him is so good Like he's this real skinny guy In a suit that's way too big for him And he just He just looks like that Kind of Colombian drug yep. lord You know Like it's just Perfect Absolutely
0: perfect Yep uh, we also get a scene in here, um, basically kind of going back to Kimba, obviously Kimba's had the surgery that uh, Christian suggested for her, but we're kind of getting this real sense of Christian the asshole again, like, you know, wheel him in, get him on the line, bring him in and sort of ditch them, because obviously Kimba's expecting more, and we get Liz kind of going back to what you're saying, being that real moral compass, and I love the Sean, like, you're out of yeah. line, Liz, but like, and Liz yeah. just fights back. Um, and then this is really when Sean, like going back to your midlife crisis. I love the scene when he's in the car and he's like screaming at Christian, and Christian's kind of like, "I'm losing you," and then he's like, "Don't you hang up on me!" And just like he just losing it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We talk about Christian, but again, like Sean, just like he's just he's really losing it at this point you know he's he's discovering all this money that christian's getting he's discovering the fact that he's just using these women and everything along these lines and this is basically when he's like well no i don't want to do this anymore i'm leaving like he's really at that breaking point
1: yeah yeah it's it's kind of crazy like you know you're you kind of yeah, you know, half an hour into the show, and this is already happening. It's it kind of just moves at just such a pace.
0: Yeah, and I mean we we're kind of through this. Obviously, we get Julia and, and Christian. You know the sexual tension when he's touching a breast, giving her a you know a bit of a a look over uh this kind of leads uh to ang- I've written here angry Sean and Julia <laughs> the fact when it's like um he's like oh you need to hire a gardener a fired a gardener and Julia's like no you need to it's taken me 2 years to find someone who shows up on time next to giving birth it's the hardest thing i've ever done this is miami like i <laughs> mean yeah. you know surely there's no shortages of people there who want to work <laughs> um you know really 2 years to find someone to show up on time wow
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, you wouldn't think it'd be that hard. Huh? I mean, the the wall's not even built at this point, is no. it?
0: No, <laughs> exactly. We we were a good, you know, thirteen years away from that wall even being there. So, you know, I've been to Miami. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a green place, like you know, it's lots of gardens and shit. So, uh, I love I love yeah. when Julia throw. What does she throw at Sean? I thought she threw like a carrot, but it smashes. Like, what is that she throws at his head?
1: It's just a really fresh carrot. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> Shattered. It's a it's a Florida carrot. They do that. Uh,
1: yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean this is a pretty intense scene though, because it it's kind of, you know, we're learning obviously Julia's desires to go back to college, you know, she's seen the, the video earlier kind of when she was watching that, um, you know, about their wishes and hopes for the future. But just the line there when kind of Sean's just like, When was the last time you went to bed and you didn't hate me? I mean it's like, Wow, like again, going back to this full on, like we're getting everything thrown at us literally almost by Julia, like it's yeah, it's pretty full on.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's just so intense. And, you know, it, <laughs> this just shouldn't work. You know, like the, in a first episode of a show like this, you shouldn't be able to really feel the emotion behind these two characters because you don't know them yet, but it does work. That's what's incredible about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, we get the scene, obviously... Uh Sean's gotten his new really shitty run down medical office and I mean again the, the renting in Miami mustn't be that uh, hard to get if you can get one straight away uh, you you were sort of going back to whether or not uh, am I a Sean man or a Christian man to, to kind of go on how much I'm a fan of, of Christian I am like I love his I wanted to always kind of have his fashion sense and I, i'm not one of these people who watches the tv show and is like i want to dress like that person i'd never usually watch a show like that but just when he shows up there he's got his his, his suit his red shirt his red glasses i actually owned red tinted sunglasses in uh, around about the mid 2000s just because i wanted to be like christian troy so i don't know if that makes me cool or a really oh, idiot Oh <laughs> you know
1: like it's so embarrassing because eh? i actually remember like I mean, we're talking, yeah, mid-2000s as well for me is that um, my flatmate and I dressed up for like some dress-up party as Christian and <laughs> Troy. Uh, Christian, sorry, Christian and Sean. And I insisted on being Christian <laughs> and we made up like fake business cards and handed them out to women in town. And we we went the full. And yeah, I had tinted glasses as that well. They just, awesome. they looked... They just look bomb, don't they? They do,
0: and like I mean, I could never pull off a red. Like I actually bought a red shirt because I was working at a call center, I had to wear a shirt, so I bought a red shirt just to wear. It, but I didn't have like the kind front of the suit jacket. I didn't really have the body that Christian Troy did. But yeah, like just the the glasses. There's just something about him walking to that office with a coffee. Just to me, that's cool. Like that's just like. Yeah. I wanna yeah, look yeah. like that. But like going back And just the slow
1: the slow motion and everything oh, as well. Yeah. It's um yeah. It's
0: great. And I love it when he like that scene with Sean and kind of, you know, he's he's trying to talk him out, he's got that first dollar, and then we get, you know, really angry Christian talking about like I will sue you and then just when he yells and he's like, Try me like just the way he just goes from zero to a hundred, just like that. And sort of there's just that silence, yeah, yeah. and he walks out and he's just basically like Sylvia perez you know just like it's just it's so good how they do it um yeah just the dynamic between the two I, I love the kind of subtle referencing to your marriage jumped the shark last week i love how they're mentioning jumping the shark in their first episode <laughs> yeah
1: it's, yeah it's pretty boring, yeah yeah
0: it's just kind of self-referential right there um but yeah, we we sort of going through here. We're, this is actually going quite well in terms of where we're going through this. We're not jumping around as much as hey, small, well,
1: we, we we'll just we just need to take a moment here and recognise the first death of the show. It's um, Mr
0: Frisky. Um, <laughs> yes, well, poor Mr Frisky, <laughs> Julia flushing <laughs> it down the toilet. <laughs> and I mean, that's that's a, that's a great
1: trivia question. is, like, what's the first death that occurs on that
0: <laughs> Mr Frisky. <laughs> There we go. Okay, in like you know fifty episodes time, I expect you to ask me that question. Just pull it out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, ben, exactly. remember yeah. that trivia question I told you about. Yeah, um, that's that's a good call. Um, so yeah, Christian's going to this party, the Botox party, uh, which again. You know, it's just the way it kind of goes from, like you were mentioning, obviously the the bookmark area was kind of Christian and flashbacks. We get this scene of him seeing the small child waving at him in the elevator, the flashback he has. And then just the way they kind of quickly cut to that, doors open, boom. I think it's N-E-R-D, the music and just the way it goes into this party, you know, all these girls and Botox and just, oh, it's so good. The music just... Love the music. We're just going to talk that up so much, and of course, it ultimately leads into us meeting. Who we just talked about before, Mister Escobar Galado. Um, Just so good. This whole torture scene. uh, (laughs) Going back to your botox in the penis. Um, It's pretty brutal. Uh, (laughs) Like you know, (laughs) he's just going to saying about why he's saying don't lay down because you could basically you know look like you've had a stroke for two months, and here he is getting loaded up, and also in his dick.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think this kind of sets up something that the show does a lot, which is characters walk into, you know, this terrible situation and they don't realise they have, and it's almost like a record scratch, and it's like, oh, my God, here we go. Mm -hmm. And this show seems to do that a lot, you know. The big reveal is always this this character walks in with all this confidence and all of a sudden, you know, they get the rug pulled out from underneath them in, you know, pretty fantastic style.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, Sort of cutting between that, and we've also... Obviously, got Sean, who we should say himself has been bribed by the Perezes. Uh, he is obviously unaware yes. of um, the the situation in terms of the fact that he slept with a six year old. But then we get the surgery, uh, where then you know he's he's basically been bribed to help set up his own practice. He's thinking like Christian at that point. But then uh, obviously the brother. Uh, he's there with the gun We don't Well Sean doesn't see it Then ultimately uh, We get this You know Great scene of him Threatening Liz and Sean With a gun uh, Basically You know We've got fat going everywhere Through the liposuction Um Let's him die Then we realise Obviously It's all To do with Escobar Galado He comes in Um Basically says You've chosen the right family Off they go And then we get the What are we meant to do With the body Oh that's not my problem Uh and then yeah, that yeah. is just, and I, I love, I love the scene. I, I swear, Christian's catchphrase. If Chris, if the characters have a catchphrase, Christian's catchphrase is shit. He utters the word shit yeah. a lot, and we get this great yes. shit. Um, you know, we have to go to the police, and Liz loses a shit. It's incredible. I just, I just love that sequence of all three of them there trying to go like, what the fuck do we do? How did we get to this point?
1: Yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy, and you know, like it's things happen so fast on the show sometimes too. You know, like it goes from kind of everything's fine to everything's com- in complete chaos in the space of like two or three minutes. It's yeah, it's it's
0: madness. And then we get uh, kind of going back to the breakfast table conversation where we met Matt for the first time, and he's talking to Annie about uh, alligators and how they don't like the taste of humans. However, they go crazy. For uh, for pork So we get this great scene of Christian and Sean In a supermarket buying 12 hams And the facial expression of the shop assistant I love that bit And then Christian's, you know His face is he's getting that sort of paralysis And Sean's like, are you having a stroke? Um, it's just, we get this sort of brutal ending, don't we? They've wrapped up the body, uh, that they've obviously been left with in ham. Let's feed it to the alligators, um, which... Is, is, again, it's like, wow. And then I love the scene when they're cleaning the car and Christian's like, you're a little too good at this. And then Sean's like, I'm glad you're scared of me. Um, and it kind of obviously ends sort of with this conversation, you know, we're going to hire a psychologist, uh, 20% pro bono work. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's almost like this is a movie and it's well wrapped up with and so much happened and it's just neatly fitted with each other yet this is the first episode that is setting up a further 99 i mean it's just i think it ends so well this this could arguably would be one of the best pilots for a tv show ever made
1: yeah i mean it's awesome it's um (laughs) there's a there's a few kind of i think um a a few kind of narrative loopholes here it's like these guys surely would be you know that That shop assistant's on the phone to the cops the minute those guys walk out. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it does it seems like this gets away you know far too cleanly, but it's not really the point of the whole thing. You know the point is to kind of bring these guys back together, and you know these are the terms for that happening. And, um, you know, crocodile eating human is, is always a good way to end the pilot.
0: Yes. We've touched on child molestation. We've touched on circumcision. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Ryan Murphy, I swear, before any episode, will just write down the most fucked up things and just like tick, 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 tick. <laughs> yeah. Guy does it so well. Um, it's I don't really know there's much else to add on this. We've talked it up so much. It's weird kind of what you were saying about Usually we like to nitpick at, like, plot holes and things like that. I, I kind of don't want to um, because it's just, you know, it's set up really, really good. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've got I'll, anything else I'll, really to me. add before we kind of get to our ratings of it.
1: Well, what I would say is that there is there are, there are going to be points along the road where I will be uh, not so much nitpicking as completely whinging my ass off because there are massive problems with some parts of this, this show. Don't get me wrong, I love it, but there are definitely big problems and I'll be more than happy to bring them up when they come up. This isn't
0: one of no. them. No. <laughs> it's, it's actually, the one thing I'll say about Tuck is that to me, this is a show that I can pinpoint the exact moment it jumped the shark. And Yeah, and I think you and I are probably going to be,
1: it'd be interesting to see if that's the
0: same one because we haven't discussed no. it off air. Maybe we'll keep that a I'm secret. I'm pretty sure
1: <laughs> yeah i think i think
0: we should i think we should and i mean mean, even having said that like even when i think it did i still think it was watchable after that point it wasn't like it was so bad you just wanted it to end yeah yeah it was still very watchable but you just knew at that point it was on its last legs um and there are very few shows that i think last as long as it does at its peak such as nip tuck and again we'll gradually get to that Um, What we do, though, at the end of each episode, Nick, I mean, you, you, I guess, know the process. We've talked about this, but you haven't been on an episode. We give a rating where essentially uh, for an episode, it will be in this case, whether you would want to... Basically, it's buy it, rent it, or bin it. So, would you want to buy this, keep this on your shelf, watch it forever, maybe just rent it, have a one-off, you know, yeah, okay, I'll watch it every now and then, or completely get rid of it. You've watched it once, never want to have anything to do with it again. I'm just putting this out there straight away this is this is definitely a buy it. this is a keep this is forever on the shelf never get rid of this is this episode is definitely on the the buy it forever area
1: yeah, I mean, this is buy it on Blu-ray and collector's edition. Keep it on the top shelf. It's, it's that. <laughs>
0: yes, put in your top 10 area. That simple. Uh, yeah, this is great. This is so exciting. We've, we've covered this so well. I'm so thrilled the fact that we've managed to basically cover this entire episode in less than the episode runs. So um, one episode done of Nip Tuck, 99 to go. This has been fun. Um, I don't really know what else to add at this point. I'm excited that Nick's been on this episode with us. Um, if, you, if, you, if you're if if you basically joining us again, uh, never seen NipTap before, I hope you're going to enjoy watching it. If you've got any questions, you've got any sort of comments you want to make about the show itself, maybe there's some elements in the episode that we didn't bring up or there's future episodes that you know we're going to be talking about that you maybe want to specifically make us talk about or have our opinions on it, then shoot us a message on Facebook. You can email us as well, theoznetwork at hotmail.com, us. Uh, Carry uh, carrier pigeon I don't know However it works for you Whatever's easiest And uh, yeah We will be continuing our, our run of these episodes Give you plenty of time To watch them in between And uh, definitely a show That I'm glad we're covering There's other TV shows That we're covering Other movies We're a network of of shows that's why we're the oz network so uh looking forward to continuing on with this subscribe on itunes remember leave us feedback rate us on there always love to hear from you and everything else in between but i guess until we next speak again for our next episode my name is ben and i guess i'm sad unlike nick i didn't get botox in my penis (laughs) (laughs) and and i'm nick and um